Have you ever had to talk to a guy who screwed over your homegirl? Well, I did, and his opinions on baseball have brought you this latest episode, Keep Your Eye on the Ball. We'll break down our home opener and discuss why things aren't always what they seem. We're your hosts, Asi and Nena, and this is Lips. Lips, lips, lippy lip, lips. We need like a cool <laughs> intro song, something like that. We do, we need we need a friend who's a composer. Like I feel like I have friends who do such cool things. Like, yeah. you know, of course I always think of my friends who own their own watch company, which is just like, I love telling yeah, people thanks. that. Like, I, I always wanna make it clear. It's like, no, no, they're actually like some of my best friends. It's not just me trying to like be like, ooh, I'm so cool, watch company. You know a dude who knows a dude, it's not like that. It's right, it's not like I've only met with them once or something. We're actually like legitimately very cool friends, but like I, I need, we need a composer friend. Yeah. To write us our own theme this song. Is lips. You know, something just Maybe crazy. we don't need that friend anymore. After. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I don't know. How's it going? <laughs> <laughs> well, now it's going great. Now I'm like jamming. You know, Stevie likes to write raps. I should just get her really? to write a rap about lips. We should. We should. Cool. I think she, that would be, a rap would be perfect for this podcast. I really feel like it's the most appropriate genre <laughs> other than like some very dramatic movie soundtrack kind yeah. of John williams -y. Those are the only two options for us. Gladiator or bust. <laughs> no, gladiator or bust a rhymes. Hey, get, see what I did there? <laughs> oh, I cut the episode. We're done. We're not topping that as much as we have some good stuff. For Did you guys see you later? <laughs> cut to bust a rhymes. Um, <laughs> so I guess we're doing well today. Yeah. Sunday. It's, it's, Sunday. There's no game today, which is so weird. But Isn't it the first know. time in like 20 or 30 years the Astros have had a Sunday off? It Something just, like it that. feels weird. It feels like it should have been last weekend, if anything, but I don't, I don't know. It's definitely, it, like, I know that sounds crazy. Well, it sounds weird. It's because 20 or 30 a year is, is a long time. That's also not in baseball. Yeah. But yeah, it, 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 Sunday baseball is a thing. You know, obviously putting games on the weekends makes the most sense to, so to have a Sunday off and for it to be so early in the season, because normally you don't get a lot of off days anyways but we have a lot coming up mm -hmm. it's very weird it's, yeah. what do i do today lips i know yeah what else can we do but talk about lips let's uh um let's talk about these past this past week of games how do you feel yeah. we actually lost a couple so we uh, did i think it, it was odd it felt odd um i think i freaked out well i mean this shouldn't surprise the listeners i yeah. freaked out more than Nana, of course sure. Yeah. Um, I think my whole thing more is just because the angels scare me more than Nana, but we'll talk about that later in the episode. Uh, I still mostly feel good. It was weird to see our bats start off so, so hot in the past two games, almost nothing. I mean, there were still some good things like last night you scored in the eighth inning, right? The seventh inning? The ninth so, inning score too, yeah, a couple times. Yeah, so to see us score late, but like... I don't, I don't know if they're just tired or just, you know, you, you have, you make adjustments for me. I think the big thing is, is the fact that uncle Mike got injured. And then when he came back, he only had like, he finally got a big hit last night. And to me, I think that's what we need is you need to, sometimes it's just a one big hit, but Alvarez mm -hmm. put a bunt down. Yeah. So that think, was crazy. 
So to break that down, Alvarez is a power, I mean, he hits all over and he hits a lot, but he's a power hitter. I mean, that's the guy you put in because you're expecting him to hit 30 to 40 to 50 home. I mean, you love to see 50 yes. home runs in a season. That's what that guy does is he's going to homer. I mean, he hits singles and other stuff. He's just a good hitter. But a bunt is usually, we, you say you're going to lay down a bunt. I guess this is our beginner's guy a little bit. And the bunt is usually because you have a guy like on first or second or second, third, you're trying to move your base runners over and you don't, you probably only have, you probably don't have any outs because it's almost always a guaranteed an out because it's such an easy play. The infield players are going to move closer to home base. They're going to see you're going for the bunt so they can get you out at first. But it's a out you're willing to give up because you're moving your runners, whether it be most likely to second to third or third to home, whatever. So guys like Alvarez don't normally do that because you want them to hit for power. And when he did it, he laid down the bunt and it was beautiful because you want to hit your bunts in certain areas because sometimes if you hit the bunt incorrectly, you lay it down incorrectly, they're going to throw the guy out at home instead of getting you out at first. You want to get out at first. And it's usually guys who maybe are struggling um they haven't been hitting well you also have to be a good bunter like Altuve is a great bunter because he's also so fast he usually still gets on base so when Altuve laid down the or Alvarez laid down the bunt and still got on first here's a guy who's not known for his speed he's known for his power honestly to me that's a spark absolutely it's not like a big homer that's a spark it's plays like that that are like what the hell just happened, you know? And that's a good one to talk about for this episode, too, just because he was saying that he he was feeling very unsure about his at-bats and that he felt like he hadn't been swinging very well in, the, in his past, previous at-bats, which is why he thought, let me just lay down and bunt. So he he changed it around to encourage himself, I guess, to yeah. do something different, which is really cool. I, well, I guess you're right. Yeah, it does kind of this idea, we're going to talk about the way things look and what they seem and your look, you know, how, how things are. And here's a guy, he looks like he's really only in your, the majority of what he does. And that's still true. But oh, he has these other skills, like, yeah. you know, his intelligence in the box at the yes. plate is smart, because usually people also sometimes the manager will call for the month you that's what you're being told to do other times the players decide on their own and usually it's because they see the infielders so your first second and third shortstop are very far back away from home plate this is a perfect time for me to try to put a bunt down because Mm -hmm. it's going to take them longer to get to the ball so sometimes bunt it was the perfect placement it was really so unexpected from Jordan and I feel like we missed an opportunity to post his muscle picture again (laughs) <laughs> we, I didn't even think about that because I, I was also one I was also mad like why are we not hitting but two like Brian McTaggart tags even did a whole article about Alvarez bunting and so they tell you like if you're you know still not really sure because it's hard obviously we're describing it we're not showing it that's how not expected this was and sometimes it you know for a guy who had like seven strikeouts in a row sometimes it's just getting on base that helps them helps them see the ball better you know so for him to go through and process I think I can do this that's more what you're looking for to spark something to see things better you know is kind of what we're going for in the episode I think for pitchers when when pitchers have a bad inning or they give up a home run it takes them a little bit of time to 
it, it helps their confidence. It helps them get back into it if they get that one strikeout mm-hmm. or, that, or that one really good defensive play behind them to get them mm-hmm. back in the game. And we'll talk about that a little bit more, especially with McCullers. I think that's your biggest complaint about him. Mm-hmm. That's always <laughs> been my complaint about McCullers, so you probably hear it a couple times a season. Yeah. <laughs> but this was the start of our home. Our home opener was on Thursday. Uh, Christian Javier pitched. And he was, he was really good. He was very consistent. He was very amped. You could tell he was um, slapping his glove and just super into the game. Um, I thought he did a fantastic job as the home opener this year. What did you think? I did too. And we were just saying before we started, all of the pitchers, their second outing out. So we've now seen, well, not Garcia, and we're not going to. We don't need to talk about that. But we've seen all the pitchers have two outings, and they all did better pitched longer this and that's what we want to see them start building their arms up I know they're kind of being a little cautious and pulling them out earlier than needed but they all went longer or pitched a little more efficiently and Javier what added like two extra innings but I kept thinking too this is the first time for Javier to pitch at home in front of Astros fans because he didn't get that last year and I just was like, how great for that guy. And then to reward them with a good outing and then to show how amped you are. Like you're so young in your career and this is your very first time pitching at home with hometown fans. Must have been so, so cool for that guy. And and he, he did well, you know, I think that's great. To hear nothing but cheers this time, I I think is is wonderful. And that he's he's given the recognition for his hard work. I mean, those cheers were not just for the game to on Thursday. Those cheers were for the whole season last year. For sure. I think that, that's so nicely said. I, I know. Oh, so romantic. Buster <laughs> Rhymes, wrap about that. Um, pause. I will. So I'm recording, obviously, in the room. And Stevie just came in very quietly and left me a note. And I thought it was to tell me about she's about to leave. It says, I've been waiting for that bunt for two games. I knew, <laughs> circled, knew it was coming and knew it would be surprising. And I can't read the last word. And also there's a hashtag I can't read. But so that's cool and terrifying. We've talked a little bit about how my wife has witch Miha senses. She yeah. and so while I feel excited that my wife apparently knew for two games that Alvaro is going to bunt, I'm also scared for my life. This is why I can never like do bad things, even though I still do bad things. Cause yeah. But well, okay. Let's so be careful with those Miha senses. My so. hand is shaking as I put this note down and not just because of the excitement that my wife predicted this. <laughs> I really want to know what that hashtag says, but we'll find I out. I, I can't read her handwriting. I don't know what it says. Uh, okay, so back to the episode. Um, as Also for the home opener, we saw fans in the stands for the first time, and we know the Astros put a lot of um, procedures in place um, to make the ballpark safe safer for people to come back and you know we have discussed back and forth how are we feeling safe enough to go back are we sleeping mm-hmm. vaccinated we're very we are very very cautious people I mean I feel like I'm one of the last really really cautious people I was gonna say you're probably more cautious than me and I'm eight months pregnant but I'm still <laughs> being very cautious as well so you're my standard if you say <laughs> no to something that I'm like well I'm de- I'm also eight months pregnant and but it's eight months pregnant with anxiety um, and also like 35 years pregnant with anxiety. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, but seeing, you know, we saw, you know, in the fourth tier, there was a lot of space, but 
there weren't a lot of mask wearing going on in the bottom. So how are you feeling now about, like, do you feel like you'll go to the ballpark soon? No. Yeah. I probably will wait until end of summer to start my um, trips back to Minute Maid. And, and only because I'll be super cautious with, you know, a new baby at that point. But even now, um, I was reading something like, what What are some things that Dr. Fauci still won't do? And okay. that's one of them is being in an enclosed space with a lot of people that aren't masked. And yeah. Watching the TV, you know, I watched the games on TV. I did not feel comfortable. The the I mean, the, the lower levels, of course, are very, um, they're very crowded. So it just, that's mostly what you see. You don't really see a lot of the others. You did see a lot of masks, like on the concourse when people are walking around, right. and their food stuff, which is great. great. But I just, myself, I wouldn't feel comfortable. Now, if somebody that's vaccinated that, you know, is low risk anyway, or, you know, something like, maybe, yeah, that's, me. that's the way you want to be. Yeah. But, you know. I'm not in a rush to get back, especially if I can watch the games and still get the commentaries that I like, um, or, you know, from the radio too. So I'm not in a hurry to go back. I would, as much as I would love to, I just, mm -hmm. I'm not ready. So. Right. Yeah. I, I was a, you know, we talked and then, you know, I was immediately no, but then when I saw the picture of the fourth tier, of course, it's a matter of, especially when you're leaving, that's what I think about a lot is because you know, even with the roof closed, they're not, it's recycled outside air. It's not yeah. the air condition issue you have to, it's basically, it's right. essentially like being outside, except you're just really close to each other, but in terms of the air. But like when I saw the four tier, I was like, man, I could actually have six feet around, around me entirely, behind me, in front of me, and both sides. Mm -hmm. But I think I'll probably wait as well. You know, there are a couple of games I really, really want to go to. One of them, especially being Pride Night. It's yeah. the Astros' first one in their history. And I'm hoping to in June, because that's Pride Month. So I'm sure I think, it'll be should, I think I think by June, especially if cases stay as low as they are, you'd probably be fine to go. Right. Um, just maybe, you know, stay away from me and the new baby for a couple of weeks. And we'll be fine. <laughs> well, that's so hard. You know, that's hard for <laughs> us. But, but maybe then, you know, we'll see you know, it'll just be safe for all of that. But then also we saw that for Princess Day, one of mm -hmm. the, can do an add-on of a snow globe with Orbit and a princess. So like, I don't really care about the princess. As soon as I saw Orbit, I love snow globes. So as soon as I saw Orbit in a snow globe, I was like, I don't care what it is. I will buy this. So <laughs> I gotta, you know, and then if y'all aren't going, I gotta go hook my girls up, you know, and go get one for y'all. And well, me, even if we have to do like them. a drive-by or something to go get the add-ons when we, I don't know, we'll figure it out. But we um, also discussed that like, ooh, let's just go pick it up, maybe stay for a little bit. And then once we're hungry and it's at a point we want to take our masks off is this when we when we leave but what, what do you miss most about going to the ballpark I I miss that environment I miss just because you know we did the tours over the off season and it, it was so nice to be back and to feel the, the air and even though the ghost tour you could see everything was like wrapped up and just kind of eerie still and eerie yeah <laughs> it was still cool to be back there and the feeling the smells the sounds all of it. I want to go back and experience all of it. And I'm sure we will. I'm sure that this, we're, I think we're on the downslope of this whole pandemic thing. So it's going to, it's going to get better. I have true faith in, in what we're doing. So. Right. Yeah. What do you miss the most? Um, it's so hard because I just love every, even though we, we usually take our own food tip for listeners, you know, that you can't take a freezer bag of your own food mm -hmm. and a bottle of water. 
you know, but I mean, even this, the smells, I always tell myself how much I want a hot dog. And then I finally got one, um, in 2019, we did one of the watch parties, which we'll always go into, we'll go into later. They're super fun. And I had a hot dog and it was some of the worst heartburn I've had <laughs> in my life. I had to have like all of Stevie's Tom's because again, I'm over 30 and I had a hot dog in the ballpark. Um, <laughs> uh, but like the smells, you know, just the, just being with people who love, yeah, Astros so much and the sport so much and yeah. you know we always have I guess what kind of end up being relevant to our purpose so they're always fans men um who comment to us oh, we get it a lot oh you're actually watching the games you're not on your mm -hmm. phone Stevie keeps the score does a scorebook it's a whole system of doing it and I can't believe you're keeping the it's always just oh so shock and surprise that two women are enjoying the game and yeah kind of like well no I'm not because you're talking to me <laughs> not about baseball right exactly like you know there's a game going on pay attention I'm paying attention <laughs> but I think also just you know there's a magic of going watching it listening to it for sure but there's a magic of three we've talked about this three hours of this is the only thing going on in the world and it's easier to do that in the ballpark to really because i'm at home listening like i'll get on my phone and stuff but i don't at the games i do it between innings but when there's they're playing i do not get on my phone right yeah it's just um i think it's that's probably what i miss the most is just being able to escape in a world that's purely a game yeah. you know in the most innocent way you know? yeah which in a way i understand people going now mm -hmm. because they want they want that normalcy back so i i don't judge anybody that decides to go that's that's your life and that's cool um especially if you're vaccinated i mean do, do you boo but right because we get it like we miss right. it too so no for sure for sure i mean that I, I, this is really more just like these are just our choices you yeah. know and like even even honestly like i mean I, i'm still like i'm 90 percent sure i'm not going for a while but there's still that like oh, but the fourth year <laughs> looks good and like i said i'm vaccinated i wear two masks like it's so such that a word on balba heads calling you I know I need a Yordan for my collection. <laughs> Stevie's probably happy, like, because there aren't really any bobbleheads I want this season. So she's probably ecstatic because they get dust real easy. But, um, but no, no judgment at all. Like, yeah, we have, we look back to see the last time I was at a live game was September 2019, and then a watch party in 28. That's a 2019. That's a long time to for people like us to not be in the stands watching a game it hurts you know yeah so i i completely understand and good on you people that made it out to the games to cheer on our guys i do have a bit of a a, a beef about them booing the a's if it were my fires yeah boo them all the way but anybody else meh, meh. yeah i know that's not we kind of talked about that like yeah that's what you want to do that's just not my energy i, I want to go and be feel just support that I get it you are supporting the team because they're yeah. getting paid on you know for something yeah. four years ago but like yeah no I'm not gonna I'm also not gonna do the wave I feel like I need a whole episode about why I hate the wave don't you, do it you and half of Astros Twitter feel the same way I I don't care about the wave either I don't like it I think it takes distracts from the game but still I I wish the listeners could see the oh I just gave you when you said I don't care about the wave like yeah we're doing an episode on the wave it's coming <laughs> And also can involve my wave of emotions during a game. <laughs> okay. All right. So you gave a really good introduction about your homegirl, and I am dying to hear this story. So let's get going. 
Okay, so yeah, so into the beef of the episode, why we're, it's keep your eye on the ball and what we're saying about things that aren't always what it seems. So I have my homegirl, I won't do names, but um, my homegirl, we're very, very close. She, there was this guy, I don't want to get too much into it, but basically he wasn't doing her right like he, he should have been but two sides of his mouth kind of situation but you know a lot of history there we we all gave him chances to be a good guy and he didn't you know and that's not on her because like it was you know he was also still showing that he was changing and she was being really great and giving him a second chance you know but just not not he did not handle it great but I still see him sometimes at work and I am professionally kind. Like he knows that I know all, all everything that went down, uh-huh. but I'm still, I'm not, I'm going to be professional. Like, you know, that's, that's also my workplace. I shouldn't be in a position where I, I have to treat someone different and things like that. So when he comes to visit some of the other guys and he chats to me about baseball, also nice just to chat about baseball. Yeah. We chatted up. He comes in the other day and he ends up talking to me about baseball. So we're talking and he starts just, railing on Kyle Tucker and how he hates Kyle Tucker and he doesn't trust his defense and like that guy also told me that Mike Trout the best player of our generation and will go down as one of the greatest players to ever play the game that's not an exaggeration that is understood amongst everybody yeah this is the best as much as I love Altuve all them everybody knows Mike Trout is the best player of this generation this boy told me that Mike Trout would had reached his peak and was all downhill from here and that guy was done. <laughs> I started laughing. I literally laughed in his face because that's so absurd. Good. And it's basically like if you told me like not even halfway through Michael Jordan's career that he was done. This that's basically what this guy just told me, you know, like and I laughed in his face and I was like, that is probably the most controversial baseball thing you could have just said to me. T- say that to someone else and let me know how that goes for you. So I'm already dealing with this crap and you did my homegirl wrong. And, and part of the thing I will say too, while we were talking about the title of this episode is he's very into what he looks like. I personally, my standard is, is I think you are an attractive man. You know you're attractive because I'm gay. So like, <laughs> that's kind of how I, like I always tell my straight friends, if I think your, your, your boy, your man is good looking, you know, he's good looking. Okay? <laughs> I just feel like that's a good standard to have. I don't, he's not ugly, but like at one point, this man tells my home girl, I know what I look like because he was once in high school voted most attractive like you're holding on he's in his 30s yeah so like another reason why so when you come in and you're railing on what someone looks like aka tucker and how he plays and he's so awkward in this and that i'm i just it's so hard for me to be like i know what tucker looks like (laughs) you know to do that to him um that's kind of the story of this because the thing with kyle tucker is is that like he is very awkward looking. I mean, he's very lanky. He's yeah. um, although apparently about him being like a, a sea mammal. So we've we've had our conversations about him. Although people are, I really saw a lot of people commenting that he has a booty now. I mean, I watch the radio, so I can't. And Sparks isn't talking about Carl Tucker's booty, but he he definitely joined Thick Boy season. You can tell he put on some muscle this season. He's less awkward looking. Okay, this year. So Kyle Tucker is, there are a lot of things that not 
aren't what it seems in a good way like you know in terms of the way he looks he does look awkward when he is running his routes to catch a ball he does look awkward at the plate and he already looks you know Kyle Tucker doesn't wear batting gloves which is not very common that's very traditional because obviously they didn't exist for a long time in baseball and even when the gloves started coming around like gloves to catch the ball a lot of players were like nope because they felt like it wasn't manly to wear a baseball glove and catch a ball 90 miles per hour with a glove we have to do it with our bare hands so batting gloves are very common now but he still doesn't do it which is awesome so that's a you know different look to him and then we're seeing i think last time we did talk about rbis the yeah runs you back in and your batting average so that's obviously how many times you're getting hits over the amount of times you go to the plate and his batting average is very, 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 very low. I think right now it's at 200. And that's actually the, what is another Mendoza line? We'll talk, we can talk about that another time. But it's a whole 200 is like you're trending on like, and it's very, very bad, but 200 is known very specifically. But he's like third in RBIs, third in baseball, not the Astros, baseball, all of base. I know it's early. So here's a guy who, like, if you see a batting average of 200, you're looking, wow, this guy is not doing great. But if you look at, if you ignore that and you didn't know that, and you say, oh, Kyle Tucker is ranking third in all of baseball for RBIs, he's doing great at the plate. Right. So it's this whole thing of, like, sometimes things just aren't what they seem, or we don't know what things actually look like, a.k.a. Yeah. this man who is not really that hot because I, a lesbian, said so. Um. <laughs> there, there is something to be said about, I mean, you can, you can think you're hot stuff, but it doesn't necessarily mean you are. And if, I mean, come on, I, if your takes are that bad on baseball, you should not be talking about baseball. Right. Yes. You shouldn't be trying to mansplain yourself to a girl who you think doesn't understand baseball enough to understand that Mike Trout is in the worst years of, no, no. Mike Trout is not on the downslope of his career. Absolutely not. Right, right. I, I, kinda, I almost want to show him the homer Mike Trout hit off of us the Monday or whatever it was. It was like a monster homer. I'd be like, this is, this is on the downslope. Okay, I know what Mike Trout looks like. I'm just gonna be saying that all episode because I'll never get over a, a grown man saying that to a person. I know what I look like okay, well then can I have your mirrors because they're lying to you? So. <laughs> well, I'm glad your homegirl got away from her, from way, way from him, but. Oh, yeah, it's it's actually awesome now because, I mean, when so he came in the other day and I was not in the mood to see him or anybody. We were, it was a lot of stuff going on at work and he came, he started, he was wearing an Astros jersey, no name on the back in a hat and he walks in and he's like oh hey and I literally didn't even say a word to him I gave him a look and he turned and walked away so fast and I just felt so powerful like <laughs> please also I'm actually working I work at my job so I have stuff to do um around and talk to random people about stuff I don't know <laughs> well it's it's also funny because like in general where I sit I can hear a lot I try not to eavesdrop because also I'm doing stuff so a lot of times I'm not even paying attention but sometimes I do hear people talking about baseball and I'm like, can y'all just come over here and ask, can I be involved? I mean, I do, I do talk a lot with the guys, but when I hear it, when, you know, they're asking each other questions on my head, I'm like, I know the answer. I know the answer to that. Oh, that one also know the answer to that. So it's just a really funny, 
and, I, and, they, and the other men never treat me like I don't they they'll ask me and stuff so that's not a thing on them it's just sometimes it's hard I want to get up and be like let me tell you what I talked about on lips because this is actually relevant <laughs> to what I just talked about that's awesome but with that with saying that about Tucker because we've heard this quite a bit and we did we did kind of poke fun at him last year with his with calling him a sea mammal and he was just not a graceful person uh, we've talked about his batting stance you said that it's the the ugliest swing prettiest yeah, someone said it was the most beautiful ugly swing in baseball yeah, something like that yeah we do we value gracefulness in sports so much because after that conversation we talked about how Bregman was just so beautiful and fluid in his swing and it looks so nice and it's just this pretty little box same for, you could say the same for like Mike Trout and for some of these other great players it it's beautiful the swing is beautiful and there's something about them that's just so nice do we value the gracefulness is that why we're picking I'm using quotation marks to air quotes here are we picking on Kyle Taylor and his not being graceful I mean, I think so. I, I think that they're, because again, it's a look. It, when things look easy, I feel like there's a uh, an extra awe to it because we yeah. know that it's not. Yeah. It, it's not easy to hit a ball that's coming at you 100 miles per hour and it's spinning. That's not easy, even for professional baseball players. That's why the whole trash can thing is bogus because like, okay, just because you know the pitch that's coming, you still have to hit it. Mm -hmm. um, so like, when it looks easy, I mean, I think even the Alvarez homer he had to the second deck, and when I say that, I'm, I'm telling you that's a monster home run to get yeah. it up there. I think all the comments I heard was like, he, he makes it look so easy, he makes it look so easy. So I think there's an extra awe when there are athletes who are graceful, yeah. um, or look graceful, but I like I like the Kyle Tuckers, I like the yeah. Rafa Nadal's, because I guess I, I like it more when it shows how difficult how much Rafa Nadal because I think you brought up Federer and I'll let you talk about that in a minute but one thing I think about Rafa Nadal who I love he's a Gemini too um is he talks about suffering for for his work and I really love that of course as a Gemini I'm like yes let's suffer um <laughs> let's be in pain um so when I when things are awkward and don't look easy to me I I get a lot of joy out of that mm -hmm. because to me it reiterates just how and for someone as tall as T Kyle Tucker there are things that are difficult in baseball for him yeah. you know and that's a lot of body yeah and on the opposite side there's Jose Altuve who has worked so hard to get to where he's at. Yeah. He's, he's on the other extreme of the height. And so his swing is not graceful either. He, he puts so much effort into his swings, into his defense, into every part, every aspect of his game. And if there's something about the underdog or, mm -hmm. you know, the person that's struggling so much, um, like, like Nadal said, <laughs> I really appreciate it too. Yeah. I think that's a really good point. I guess it's, I guess if you think about like if you listen to a game you're probably gonna hear like wow he makes it so easy to like wow like you know like you're gonna hear so much on again talking out of both sides and I'm not saying people in a negative way I just had said that comment earlier like you hear so much like wow it looks so easy and like wow like you know they're working so hard or you know there's that great video of Altuve literally jumping 
getting mm-hmm. off both of his feet to swing at a ball because he's just athletic and can do yeah. that. Yeah. Because, and also because he's so short. So I don't, I, I do, I do feel like Kyle Tucker is unfairly criticized for um, how he looks. I, I get it. Like you're not, if it looks like it wasn't easy to catch something that should be routine, you, you put it on like, he doesn't know what he's doing. And I've heard multiple people say they don't trust Kyle Tucker. Kyle Tucker was a finalist for the gold glove last season. Surprise. I was surprised, but like they did it all based on statistics. It wasn't people just picking based on who they liked. That's why Correa was a shock. It was literally based on statistics. So statistics said Kyle Tucker was one of the three best white fielders in the American league. This is the gold glove does it's defensive. So why are you telling me you're nervous? I think it's a lot because of how he looks and when yeah. he's running, which again is very awkward. Also oh, hilarious. Yes. It's, it's, it is a little nerve wracking to see a ball go his way and right. he's going to catch it, but it's right. not going to be in a pretty way. <laughs> right. I guess I kind of just like those reminders of just that these things aren't easy. The game's not easy. Yeah. We talk a lot about being heart, we're heartbroken more than your heart is swelling yeah. by the end of the season. Again, game seven. And not, which, and not to take anything away from the Mike Trouts, the Alex Bregmans, who have worked their asses off to get to where they are. But at the same point, these guys have really worked hard to get to where they are too. So, Yeah, I, I think just to your question of do we, do we put too much value in gracefulness in sports, I am of the opinion, yes. I agree. You know, I think that it's just an unfair thing to – if statistics are telling you that Kyle Tucker is one of the top three defensive players in the American League, but then you, your eye is telling me, I don't trust that guy out there. I, I, to me, that tells me you, you want it to look easy. and be graceful. Yeah. And this, I think that's a good segue to our next one, which is about Correa. If, if for some reason Correa doesn't stay at the end of the season, and we get a different shortstop who is maybe not as graceful or as sexy of a swing as Correa, then, I mean, what does that do for the fans? It, they are gonna, they're going to say, oh, Correa was so much better. You should have signed Correa. And it's going to be this never-ending loop. The guy could be just fine, you know, so. Yeah, that's a really good point. And kind of with the theme of our episode is I, I think you're right. I think fans have an expectation that who's ever at shortstop looks like Correa. We are this whole thing about looks, you know, and then there's that, there's that um, kind of confidence in the fans of like, well, I know what this looks like. I know what shortstop, you know, I know what it looked like. I know what shortstop is. You see that in Twitter. Oh, oh well, he, you know, just the confidence of like, this is what he's going to be offered, or this is what they should. Do. There's, oh, it's so funny to read the comments from people, men, um, who, and I'm not trying to harp on men. It's just honestly, that's usually what it is. I'm just to be honest, it's not to harp. Like, of uh, my favorite thing is, is we should. We, it's always we should trade this struggling player for this really great player, as if the team of the great player is going to do that. It's just yeah. this confidence of I've decided that these what these things look like, and I think you're right with Korea. Jeremy Pena is in our system and is seen as the potential guy who will be who will come up if we don't pay for a shortstop or a trade for one. And defensively, he's supposed to be amazing. Yeah. But what he can do at the plate to hit, we don't know yet. And we won't know until he comes up. 
and you're right. If he defensively plays like Correa, but doesn't hit like Correa, who honestly isn't necessarily one of, except for the postseason, isn't like one of the greatest hitters. You the, know. the biggest struggle is the, the regular season is staying mm-hmm. healthy and then being consistent. He's not a consistent hitter through the regular season. Right. But again, like, it's interesting because of, again, I mean, I, I want Correa to stay. So it's, this is not me harping on Correa, but like, but what he does in the playoffs being so clutch and then also his leadership, you're able to overlook some of the other things that he's not doing. Again, everybody's going to have their weakness and stuff. So it's not, I'm not saying it like that, but like, it's interesting how much, like, I mean, at one point I was saying, okay, offer him 10 million, 20, 270. Yeah. It's not really worth that. It's probably like a hundred mil over what he's worth. And I'm saying, yeah, do it just because I'm willing to overlook those other things for what I get on the back end of the season, you know, and we love Correa, you know. We love Correa. I love Correa. I want him to stay in Astro the rest of his life, but we also have to, you know, we're not, we're not the owners. We're not the ones paying money. So, you know, there, there are other aspects to it. And I don't think the fans are going to be happy um, if it's somebody that's not as quote unquote graceful. Right, or sexy I, you know he like you said he keeps saying like he's talking about how his swing is sexy and apparently another player I don't know what team said the same and Chandler Rome tweeted oh Correa better trademark this <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> other people started saying it but I don't know I mean I guess there's that too it, you know that's very it's an if you watch Moneyball you know we just did that bracket of movies that was very common before they started using more analytics. Well, the guys, they, they look a certain way. They look confident. They're good looking. There's this scene in Moneyball where they're talking about a player and they said, oh, he's got a, a good looking girlfriend. And someone says, well, what does that mean? Well, he's got a lot of confidence then if he's got a good looking girlfriend. So then in the scene, the scouts start arguing of how good looking the girlfriend and someone goes, oh, she's a six at best. No. <laughs> so that's how much they would, I don't know how, re- I think it's actually supposed to be pretty realistic is that's, yeah. they get into the, how these guys look. And even I think about um, Formula One, Netflix has a show documentary on it, which I like. And at one point, one of the guys running, I think it's McLaren, well, they had just signed this guy and they're like oh well our marketers love him because he's a good looking guy so the marketing team loves him yeah. Yeah. so it's that is also really prevalent and here's Correa he's tall he's built he's he's a cute guy his wife was a literal beauty queen right there's a look of that yeah. that's really appealing to other parts of the of the game of the team you and, know and, the, and you can also talk about their um, their charities and what they do outside of the game as well okay. as part of it. Um, yeah. I need him to get rid of the braids. Uh, this is kind of offside. It's so bad. It's, it's kind bad. of looking like a snake head. I mean. <laughs> it's really bad. I also am one who's hesitant in terms of like, I think there, you know, there's been a lot of conversation about cultural appropriation in terms of dreadlocks and things and hairstyles that are, you know, other cultures that aren't your own. And I always feel awkward when there's like, speaking of tennis, there's a tennis player I really like, and she had braids at one point and she got rid of them at one point. She said, I miss my braids. And I'd be like, girl, you aren't black. Like, you know, like, I just don't, no so I just also that makes people awkward seeing Korea's braids that way but yeah they just also they look terrible what I don't know I can't, I'm I don't ready know. for them to come out 
he, didn't he take them out and then put them back in? I don't think he ever took them out. I don't know. I'm I'm waiting for Daniela to just cut his hair in his sleep or something. Cause that's what I want to be like, girl, get your man in line, get your house in order. <laughs> you know? But I mean, I guess he's the one bringing home eleven million, potentially three hundred million dollars. So right. you know, if Stevie came home and said I signed a three hundred million dollar contract and then shaved her head, it'd be like that's a great choice. <laughs> oh, this, awesome. This is a good conversation about how we're talking about gracefulness and the certain look of these people. And then we're talking about their looks. So we're <laughs> the problem. To be fair, it looks really bad. Like it's like, what was wrong with your regular hair? Also, I did point out something, uh, you know, like, eh, are you stealing this? But at least Maldi just dyes it ugly color. <laughs> like light blue bleach. Maldi had, had the slide of the of the year so far. Did you go back and watch it? That was hilarious. Korea even said in an interview that he keeps making fun of him and laughing about it. <laughs> they keep telling him to stop. It was speaking of graceful. <laughs> if you want, if there we need it in the dictionary, the opposite of graceful. Put a video clip of Maldonado sliding into home. There was, I think, he fell. I don't think he was safe. He just lucked out that when he slid, he, a bunch of dirt came up. And I think that's traditionally, that's what they used to be taught because it's harder to and now. And then of course, back then there were, you know, the replay of video replay is very recent. So you couldn't go back and look at it. So if you put a bunch of dirt up, you can't see if he touched home plate. Maldonado did not touch home plate. He was he not. And the funniest part is Correa standing there like, huh, huh, maybe, <laughs> nope, nope, he didn't. <laughs> Yeah, dude, you gotta, again, speaking of looks, you gotta look like he, he touched the plate. Like, you gotta sell that. He did not sell it whatsoever. He's like, oh, you're out, dude. <laughs> you definitely can't look like, uh-oh. It makes me think of those times before I was 21 where I was very clearly lying about my age. Guys, that was so obvious. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm 20 plus one. Like, it was basically that. Like, that's what Korea did. Like, not selling it at all. You know, so, it was so funny. I'm, uh, yeah, that made my night. I'm glad I stayed up late that night. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? He got the call, and we ended up losing that game, but he got the run counted. So, yeah, again, the gracefulness didn't matter. He was productive, and he got what needed to be done for the team. You know? yeah. It's very hard for a guy that size, and he does the wear and tear on his knees, to run like that and slide. So yeah. very, very, very difficult. But speaking of knees... Jordan's knees. So give us a breakdown of why Jordan's knees apparently need their own insurance, you know. Did anything, nothing happen. There he's no, not, but I mean, I'm just thinking of like, you know, when they like, wasn't like David Beckham's foot like insured, you know, like they do that because of their use and how important they are. So Jordan's knees, tell us about Jordan's knees, the bee's knees. <laughs> not a bee. <laughs> Sting like a bee. He's kind of like that. He's, I think his knees are fine. He looks the healthiest that he's ever looked. He's running great. He's coming out of the batter's box very quickly, um, which I know was the big concern. And what's what's interesting is they're not they're not being as um, careful with him as they are with Bregman, who had the hamstring mm. earlier in the season or in spring training. So I I think they're treating him like he's fine. Um, what do you think? What is what are your thoughts on? Alvarez. 
Well, I knew a lot of people at the beginning were like, he looks fine running, he looks fine running. And I, I thought it was odd that there wasn't more commentary about, because especially for being a left-handed hitter, you kind of have to, when you're coming out of the box, the way you're going to come out of the box being the, you know, the batter's box, it's going to be awkward because you have to turn to first base, whereas a right-handed hitter, you're just going to go. So I thought it was a little unfair to Dusty, who's clearly making the call about being safe with his knees, about saying, well, he's running the bases fine, I don't get it. Well, there's the motion of coming out of the box so quickly is mm -hmm. difficult. Was, you know, that's something you have to pay attention to. I think that's what Dusty was looking at, but he looks fine. Yes. You know, he's, we've seen him slide, we've seen him run from first to third, and Jordan himself, I think, I too, um, to be devil's advocate, I don't think they give Jordan enough credit for him saying, I'm I'm going to get, you know, a lot of players probably say they're fine and they're not because they want to play Alex Bregman. But yeah, I think, I think he's ready. The seven strikeouts didn't look good. Speaking of not graceful, but um, you know, he's, he's basically a second season for him. So it's adjustments, but one thing they're doing is they're not letting him play defensively. I was going to say that, like, I would like to see him in the outfield, especially when Brantley was injured. I would have liked to see him out there. Yeah, although Diaz does great, doesn't he? Yeah. Uh, but I know they're getting Alvarez some practice at first base, which is usually safer. There's not really, there's obviously not as much running. Mm -hmm. But one thing is, is that, you know, he's only, what, 23, 24? Yeah. You want it's like, you don't want to limit a guy so early in his career to just designated hitter. So all they do is hit. They don't play defense. You're, you're hitting instead of the pitcher hitting. In the National League, the pitcher does hit. In the American League, you send a designated guy, designated hitter, to go hit for the pitcher. Mm -hmm. But how do you think the Astros should play him, knowing, okay, we want to do what's best for the team, but you also want to do what's best for this guy's career? What do you, how do you think they should play him? I think, I think they should check him out at some of the different positions. I think maybe, I don't know, even if it's not this year, this season, that in spring training next year, to definitely hit it. Um, that might be too long of a wait. I don't know. It just depends on what happens at first base. But he, he needs some practice. He needs to get out there and learn it. I can understand, like, this spring training, why they didn't do it, because they were trying to treat him gently. He just came off of the surgery for double knees. Um, I, think, I think they could utilize him better instead of just siloing him into this one DH position. Mm -hmm. Also, too, like, it's, like you said, uh, DH sometime is great. Like if you want to give a guy some time off, but not a full off day, yeah. they're just hitting and they're not having to also play the field. And traditionally in the Astros, especially with AJ Hintz, yeah, you do have the guy who's your main designated hitter, but we've used, like you said, with Michael Brantley. We're right. not in so much for this injury because it was a wrist injury, but like, you know, okay, well, he's just going to hit today. We're going to give him a break in the field and they'll rotate different guys in that designated hitter position but when you don't put Alvarez in the field we well, don't want to take him out of the lineup because what he can do with his bat well now he you can't put other people designated hitter yeah so it's limiting I think and I hope we see them trust the way he looks we'll yeah. say because I'm really gonna really just sell this theme today <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna sell it I think we're almost sold <laughs> well uh, Speaking of like things, trusting how we look and not, and you know, trying to figure out what their strengths are. We're, we're not yet at full strength of our team. We're still missing some key. We're missing Oda Izzy. 
Framber Valdez and Pedro Baez, who was one of our big signings. He was a reliever with the Dodgers, one of the best relievers, and we, and we paid him. We signed him, and he had COVID set back, and now a shoulder set back. So he's not here yet. So he's not here yet, but Jake Odorizzi is scheduled to pitch on Tuesday against the Tigers, which welcome back A.J. Hinch. Uh, I think he's going to get a great reception. Yes. Um, but I feel like Altuve, like Altuve was quoted yesterday to say, um, <laughs> I miss AJ and he's a great guy, but I hope he loses the next three games. <laughs> Did you see, so Dusty was saying, you know, I think he should get, you know, he, he served his punishment. He should get the reception he's going to get. Absolutely. And Alfred Tuvey, he's a guy on Twitter. Nana, well, maybe a woman is a Twitter person and Nana loves him. And, and he, Alfred Tuvey wrote, it's weird to see my new dad talk about my old dad. <laughs> I love Alfred Doobie. He is the funniest Twitter follow. Go follow him. So, so funny. He's awesome. He's really, really good one. But you had said a really great thing. You said, don't look now. We just got better. Like, that's how it's going to feel when we get these guys back. And we already started the season so well, yeah. you know. But who, like, it, how does that boost the team? You know, oh, don't, you know, we're getting better already just by adding these guys, you know, how does that boost the team? I, I think any addition to the team that the team feels makes them better is helpful. Mm -hmm. you, you saw it in 2017 when we were doing great and they added Justin Verlander and then it was just like, oh my God, we're going to win. Like I stayed up that night to like watch the tweets roll in when Justin Verlander got uh, signed. And my favorite was from Steve Sparks when he was like, do Astros broadcasters get to ride on the parade? <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. I never knew that. That's funny. It was so funny, but also like that's, it was that confidence boost that you get by knowing that your potential number one starting pitcher from Valdez could be coming back in the next month or so, which mm -hmm. if Andy's right, April 25th ish. <laughs> So we're getting yeah. close. And the same for, like, we added Jake. So, okay, we're going to see a new pitcher. And just to have these guys' backs, or even if even if somebody in the, in the rotation is starting to heat up, it just changes the feel of the game, and it changes everything. And I think they all feel that confidence from one another. They, they beat off of it from each other. <laughs> what do you think? Who, who, then along with that, who, who are we not looking at enough? Because even we're putting up, we're looking at a lot of guys who aren't even here yet. Oda Rizzi, Fromber, Pedro Baez. They'll even mention like James, uh, James uh, Josh James and Pruitt, who I like totally forget exist, yeah. you know, because they haven't really been around. But like, who are we? So we, we're looking at a lot of guys who aren't here yet, but who are we not looking at enough? I feel like there are guys who are like quietly good. Who do you think kind of fits that? I think Luis Garcia, Mr. Quinta himself, is one of those guys. Mm -hmm. I think Ryan Stanek is one yes. of those guys. He's been a very good reliever. And I think that there are some people that we maybe put too much hope into that have not been producing. So like Parides, who mm -hmm. went with an injury. Um, I'm a little worried about Blake Taylor. So some of these guys, their sophomore seasons are not going as well as their freshmen. So Do they have a sophomore slump. Yeah, it's... Um, that's a little dis disappointing, um, but we've talked about that before, even like with McCullers, like this is your time, buddy. Don't get bogged down in giving up a home run and then trying to figure out how to get out of those innings. I think you you had a little bit of McCullers slander <laughs> day. I did, and then I feel bad about it because I do love McCullers, but I, 
Well, first, I do agree with you about Ryan Stanek, 100%. I think Ryan Stanek is going to be that guy who's just quietly consistent, very good, very, very – I think Ryan Stanek thus far, knock on wood, has been an excellent pickup. I mean, James Click worked with him when he was in Tampa. Yeah. And I think Ryan Stanek is going to be one of – I think he could be one of those that you potentially look back at the end of the season and say – who was one of the best signings in baseball. And I think that's what happened with Uncle Mike because the Indians didn't pick him up. But that makes sense. He's one of the best hitters in the game. But I think Ryan Stanek is going to fit that. He, yeah. He's going to end up potentially being our best signing that Click has done. And then offensively, um, offensively I just wanted to say uh, Aldemus Diaz. I think he's quietly being so consistent and yeah. in every position. So. We've always known Diaz is so – it's really hard to hit when you don't start the game and you come off the bench because mm-hmm. usually like the second or third time you face the pitcher is when you really get it because by that point you've seen most or all of their pitches so you know what they look like you know what they're throwing well that day what they're not throwing well because if they're not throwing a pitch well they're not gonna throw it a lot that's how one of the keys to Altuve's home run in 2019 that you guys voted his best play well, they're not throwing that really well, so they're probably not going to throw it. So I can eliminate looking yeah. for looking for that pitch. So when you when you come off the bench like Diaz does, a lot of times you're seeing that you're facing the pitcher for the first time in like the fifth, sixth inning, whatever. So to be able to hit so well off the bench is is really impressive the problem with Diaz is he's always injured so again knock on wood is we we get that under control but with McCullers back to the McCullers slander it's just like you know what was it Friday it was pitching well pitching really well yeah he gives up a solo homer no outs okay fine dude brush it off it's just a one-run game it's the fourth inning and then he really just fell apart. He didn't give up any more runs, but he loaded the bases, and then he made his pitch count go up, so now he can't go longer in the game, which we really need. And I just feel like that's what he does, is he loses his confidence, and that's going to segue us into our last section in a second. Just because you gave up a run or you gave up a hit, like it seems like that to him that when he uh, ha- it just seems that when that happens he just like it looks much worse than it really is in his right. mind you yeah. know yeah that's that's how it feels I I'm that little part is what uh, McCullers needs to refine in his game and I think that he'll be a really good pitcher for us for the next five years but here's hoping all right Aussie I have one last question for you before we move on with our confidence <laughs> would you rather be a star with a sexy swing or quietly good with no one looking at you that is really funny to think about because usually (laughs) your stars get get big money the big because it's not even just your baseball contract it's like your your um endorsements like mike trout like you know is is the player of this generation tatis is probably the next one but he's very quiet and some people have complained because Major League Baseball wants this, like, LeBron, you know. They, they, want, you know, they want someone who wants the, the fame and the stardom to be the face of baseball. And Mike Trout has really, you know, there's a whole conversation about, like, rejecting the crown. LeBron didn't reject it. He's even King James, and he struggled for a while. I mean, not because of that, but, like, there was that idea of pressure. 
you see to me serena rejected it at first and then took it on more as she became queen of, of yeah. sports but like it seems like michael mike my, my, michael michael trout mike trout <laughs> has rejected that because that's just not his personality and then you have people like Correa or Trevor Bauer, or, you know, they're yeah. so outspoken of wanting to be known. I think I lean more towards being quietly good. Yeah. I'd rather le have people know that I did well because of what I produce, not because of what I produce and I ask them to look at me. You yeah. know what I mean? I agree. What, with what you. about you? I agree with you to be quietly good because there's something to be said about being that you can still do a lot of the things you can still have your charities you can still be um one of the best on your team michael brantley right yeah that's have a good one. and have a 10-year career yeah be okay you don't need the show to go along with it so yeah that's a really good example one right on our, i mean even altuve you yeah. know like i think altuve very much relinquished i mean he's still really he still is a star and unfortunately the the being unfairly chastised for the cheating when he didn't cheat you know but Altuve was a star amongst baseball he still is one of the top 10 most sold jerseys even now after all this I'm sure Astros fans do a lot of that but I think Altuve gave gave up being the star to Correa because Correa wants and there's nothing wrong with that I have no shade on that especially if you back it up like go for it yeah. why not again you get more money that way you get that some people then some people succeed in that limelight but for me personally uh, i'd rather just have it be like look at the stats look at look at what you did i mean why not work like you know, look at my stats at work you know okay you, you asked for something and i turned it in before or i gave you more than you asked for that's that's my body of work you know my like i know what my work looks like we'll yeah. say my boss always says, if I know that you're doing a good job when I don't hear anybody talk about you. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. It's true. I'm doing my job and my name's not coming up in her ears. Yeah. So that's, that makes me feel good. <laughs> that's a really, really good point. Because on the flip side, when you have that limelight, as soon as you, you know, we've been joking all season already when Korea hasn't, you know, has two errors already or he wasn't hitting, but now he kind of is. And I would text you as like, oh, what is he worth now? Five million? Oh, he's not. Oh, then he gets a home row. Back up to 30 million. You just have that much more pressure on you to always, always look a certain way to always do that you know and, and you've done it to yourself at that point so right right okay let's talk about confidence a little bit more okay. um, so on friday night we were that was our first that was our second loss that was our first loss to the a's um the whole for the season and it was not good it we just did not look right for some reason with our offense couldn't get going it was not the best game. It was almost like it, they were reversed from Thursday and Friday night's game. So you got scared mm -hmm. and started talking about how, oh, well, now we're tied with the Angels. This isn't good. It's, it's, um, we're going downhill. And I was trying to tell you, chill, dude. <laughs> <laughs> it is game eight. <laughs> I like a big lead. It's better. <laughs> so then you asked me, um, I, you said, do you ever worry about the Astros 
Wait, what, what was exact? I can't remember the exact question. I think I, th I said, I need you to be more scared of the angels because yeah. I, to me, they're our biggest threat. I'm kind of looking back. Um, they're, they're our biggest threat. And yeah, we're tied in first place. So I think I said something like, I, I, need, oh, you to be more I need you to be more scared of the angels. And I said, nah, that doesn't sound like me. <laughs> it was really funny. Like it was just so chingona. Mm, no, I'm not going to be afraid. <laughs> That's silly. <laughs> and then I was telling you, like the, the angels are a good team, but they're just a couple of guys that are good. They, they don't have a full team like we do that can stay healthy. They don't have the starting pitching that we do. I just don't believe in the angels as much as I believe in the Astros. So I was trying to tell you that. <laughs> then you said, have you ever felt nervous about the Astros in your life? And I said, Yes, but definitely not before the All-Star break. <laughs> Except for that one time when they almost got no hit by you, Darvish. Yeah, so, broke it up, yeah. Other than that, I feel like, you know, we're, we're fine. And then you said, what is one other area in your life where you have Astros confidence? I had no response. <laughs> oh, it went immediately. It guys, it was like immediately from like, oh man, look at her. Like, no, I'm so confident in our team. I believe in our team. And then immediately sad face emoji. <laughs> but I feel like that's like not true. Like, I mean, it's you, I, like I think you have Astro's confidence. I mean, as a mother, you know, like Oh you know, Lord no. Are you kidding me? <laughs> well, I well. On the appearance of it, the way it looks, like, yeah, it looks like, I mean, yes, there's always a little concern and a little worry, but overall, like, I, we work as a team. I feel great. I feel, I would feel more nervous about other people with my children than I do with my children. Like, so on the look of it, yeah, it seems that you got Astro's confidence as a mother. I mean, you're, you're a good mom, so yeah. But there's no confidence about it. I question <laughs> my choices every single day. <laughs> like the one thing you have like zero confidence about <laughs> well, I, mean, I, have, I understand like I've kept her alive so I have some confidence that I know how to help a child survive but otherwise like am I doing the right thing with her discipline with her school with you know you have so many choices you have to make to take care of these children but I think I just made it very clear that I do not have children so <laughs> well what about like work you know, because you just said, like, you, you know, like, your boss, like, you doesn't yeah. have your name in her mouth, you know. I've definitely grown, um, grown up a bit at work, so I, I understand what my role is, and I know how to um, succeed, but that took a while to get there. I, you know, the, as much as cliche as it is, the Lean In series mm -hmm. books of really, they really helped me to understand, like, I don't need to sit on the end and offer to take notes. I don't need to be that person anymore. I can be the person that's speaking and sitting at the head of the table. So a lot of those things kind of helped me grow up. But Do you feel like, and again, I know I keep like joking around about men and women and stuff, but it is just natural. It's just factual that there are things that like, you know, men are paid more on average and promoted more. So this is again, not a knock, that's just factual. Do you feel like as a woman, it's harder to have Astro's confidence or do you feel like as a woman or both questions, we have to have more Astro's confidence to, to like, you know, even just the silly example of like, man, to show that I'm a real fan, I have to, for people to believe me, I have to not be on my phone at the ballpark. Whereas like if, you know, a guy's on his phone at the ballpark, do other men just not to accept it more or here's stevie with her she has a book i buy her one every season although her favorite company is not making them 
to keep score do we do we have to do those things more to show like no we're really really fans we really know what we're doing do, do you not even just that but everywhere do you feel like we have to have more of it every aspect you have to do that especially like not as much this one but my first maternity leave i was terrified of leaving my job and what it would look like when it came back mm -hmm. like is this going to survive without me or is somebody going to do a better job than me while i'm out mm -hmm. and there's a lot of scaredness about it and i think that a lot of people even though they shouldn't they take that into consideration well she's a woman she might go out on maternity leave maybe we should yeah. offer this next job or this next promotion so it's it's a scary world out there um and I think, I think in that aspect, guys do have it a little easier. Right. But that's not to say that it's impossible for women to get past. I mean, I don't need to be mansplained by a guy that knows nothing about baseball every day. Right. <laughs> and I'll tell you, I'll show you what I know. And right. You're right. going to feel pretty dumb when I'm done. <laughs> right. Right. And at the end, and like you too, like, you know, it, it's always helpful too when you have, you know, there are a lot of men who are very supportive, you know, like I think like you know of the promotions uh, uh, granted though like my my work world is very is majority women um in in what i do but you know i have a lot of there have been a lot of men who have helped me along with my career and my promotions and stuff but i was telling them before when we were prepping for the episode there was there was a trend on tiktok where you would say you would show that you did something and then it would show you grabbing they would, they would grab a drink and their hand was shaking so the first example it gave was like a guy said when i tell my wife no and then he grabs his drink and his hand is shaking and his wife walks up behind him but one that really trended was this woman and it, she was it was showing her computer and it said when i'm emailing my male coworkers, and she took out the word please and i'm sorry and like thank you and it was just like do this you know, let me know when it's done kind of thing. She hits send and then it shows her hand shaking with her coffee cup and it trended because I, I sent it to like three or four women that I knew like, oh my God, this is exactly it. And one thing for me is I really had to learn like to not say I'm sorry and emails, it's just so natural. And I remember this one time specifically, I don't know what I was doing. I hadn't actually done anything wrong. There was nothing wrong. I, I just think it was like, what the what we needed wasn't possible with the systems and software we had so it wasn't me it was the software it was something we all already know because the software is limited and i remember writing the email and i remember writing i'm sorry and i remember looking at it and thinking i am setting myself up to look like i i'm bad at my job by saying this and it's not even something i can control and i remember deleting it and staring at it like am i really gonna send this email without saying i'm sorry because this we can't get this thing that we need that is not my fault and not possible with our systems it was i sent it and i remember being like oh my god am i gonna get fired like it was so odd you know just and like and it was just came back like okay you know, like it was, it was nothing, but it was a real turning point for me to be like, stop saying that. And when I, my current supervisor is a woman, so I don't really have an issue there, but yeah. like it was to two men. It was, it was like a whole, I had to think about this email, you know, when say, I, when say I, it if you're it. accountable, say it if you're not, I mean, if you're not, if it's not your fault, you can't handle it or you, right. it's, 
because of you, then you shouldn't be apologizing for it. Well, even then, like there was uh, something that I had done wrong in a report and it was a report I made early on in my job and I was still learning the system. So even then it was like, it kind of made sense why the mistake was there. And then when I caught it later, I was like, shit. So I emailed my, my, my department head and I was like, I'm sorry, I'll own up to it. I'll tell you, like, it was this whole like apology tour. And we ended up having a meeting anyways for something else. And he was like, yeah, so what's going on? I just like, your email sounds like you're really stressed. Are you okay? Like, <laughs> And he was just like, I make mistakes too. And I have to be like, hey, sorry. Like it was a whole thing of like, I don't understand why you felt so bad. But it never occurred to me to not feel that way, you know? This is an interesting conversation because then it makes me wonder if we're talking about like men and women, if men answered the question, would you rather be a star or quietly good? Oh, yeah. They would say, versus us. It's been ingrained in our heads. Oh, just stay on the side. You'll be okay. Just keep along go with your company be strong loyal woman what would a guy say that's really 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 interesting and it's interesting too to think of like even if they picked quietly would they already naturally feel like they're in that star position because that kind of happens more often too whereas and are we picking the quietly good in part because that's what we're already doing we're it's what we're used to it already feels familiar and it makes the most sense. It's, it looks, it looks the most like what we know, yeah. you know, that's, I'm also thinking too of a conversation I had with a coworker a long time ago about in addition, a, a woman of color, you know, in our culture, when you're speaking for as a Mexican culture, you know, you hear a lot of don't cry, toughen mm-hmm. up, get over it. We don't talk about that. You're really trained to put those things aside. And then when you finally do say something, it's like, oh, I've been in pain for this long, or I have felt this way for this long. But immediately, it's like, why are you crying? Why are you complaining? So your standard, your threshold grows and grows and grows. So especially at work, by the time you say something, you realize, oh, this shit's been going on. And I'm not saying at my current job, but like at my other job, this shit's been going on for a long time. I'm just finally, it's just gotten that bad enough to pass my threshold. And, and I, I mean, it can be true for white women, but I just think culturally that you're already taught as a woman of color. And I think we see that you're, you're expected and held to a different way of being tough. Yeah. You know? And so I think even more so with that, it, it feels odd. Like if I, I mean, if I want to say something about something that's genuinely going on, I automatically feel like I'm complaining because I think I'm part of how we were raised that way of just like, just toughen up deal with it. No, no, you're not going to the hospital. No, not that. No. Are you dead? No. Okay. Bye. You know, I distinctly remember my mom saying, okay, you can stay home from school, but you're going to the doctor and you're getting a shot. Like it was just like, which do I choose? Like puking my guts out or going to get a shot? I don't know. (laughs) Right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Then that's really, I, I do believe, you know, that it's, I mean, even like you, you read about, you know, speaking of, maternity leave and stuff there's so many reports about black women and not being believed by their doctors you know that they're in pain and the high rate of mortality for black mothers you know which is just astonishing because it's just in different care when they see a black doctor you know and and I think that those kinds of trends carry over 
into the workplace and to bring it back to baseball we are seeing more women in baseball so yeah, we talked really about good the quiet yes like the kim ang we, we mentioned that she's now the first gm of the mate of major all major first woman gm general manager of all major sports mm -hmm. kim ang has been in the game for like 20 plus years yeah. she has two world series rings from her time with the what the white Sox and the yankees mm -hmm. she's been tr interviewed for a gm position for years and even when the dodgers interviewed her came back and said yeah we probably should have picked her we didn't so she finally gets it with the marlins and she made this comment in her i watched her press conference because i was i honestly teared up when Kimmy got hired it's like yes, yes finally. finally thank you derek jeter which sounds really weird to say that because Derek Dieter is, you know, sure. this history yeah. with women and STDs, blah, blah, blah. Um, but she said, I told Derek that I've had this huge weight on one shoulder, obviously this whole like breaking the barrier. And now that weight's been lifted, but immediately goes to the other shoulder because now you have the weight of the pressure to produce. Yes. And of course, it's naturally going to be higher for her because if you don't do it, you're gonna, we all know there's gonna be, I mean, most across the board, people have been very supportive, but you know, they're gonna be guys who are like, well, she doesn't know. She's never actually played the game, blah, 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 mm -hmm. to immediately be successful, you know? Yeah. Um, there, and there are other examples of that. The, the quietly good in baseball, there's one, Jean Afterman, I don't know if you've, I didn't hear about her until I started reading about this, but she was an agent who was responsible for bringing over like um, Hideo Nomo. Mm. So she, you know, she was the one responsible for that. And then she got hired by the Mets and she was responsible again for bringing over Matsui. Like these are big players in, in the Asian community and in baseball. And she was responsible for it. Have you heard her name before? Never. Never. Also, her name's Jean, so that's not gonna help. Like <laughs> to be man or woman. Back to the more prominent names, like Jesse Mendoza. She was the first woman to be on Sunday Night mm -hmm. uh, Baseball with with Alex Rodriguez. She got so much shit. I don't. I don't know if she's part of it anymore. I don't think so. I think they did, did move on from her. Her commentary was ripped apart. But it doesn't because she was so much. I mean. Alex Rodriguez was out there saying the sky's blue and there's baseball and he's right. still getting paid for that shit. Come right. on. And openly just constantly cheering for the Yankees, which I get it. I know you are a Yankee, but you're a broadcaster now, man. Come on. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I felt, I feel really bad for, I mean, but she's one that has to work harder than the others to prove herself. Right. Julie Morales, a little closer Astros, mm -hmm. everybody cherishes Julie Morales. But at the same time, like the commentators, they're all so nice to her and they give her shots. They'll, they'll tell her, come up to the booth and you can do this next inning and she'll, they'll allow her to be part of the game. But then they'll also do things like, so is it cold over there, Julia? Did you have your heater today? Tell us about all the clothes that you're wearing. And just like, come on guys, that's not part of the game. And that's probably not what she signed up for. So there's, right. there's still a bit of there's still places for women to go in baseball, I think. For sure. And I can understand if she, that's the relationship she has with those guys. Like it's a inside joke of like, oh, she's always cold or something. But I would, I would hope, and I think on the whole, like you said, they show, they show her the respect that she deserves. She's treated as a part of a team and it's a very good team. But just, but then it, 
you know, is there or should there be a conversation of like, well, should we minimize some of that kind of inside jokes because of what it could look like exactly. for those who are new to the broadcasting or don't see or things of that nature. And we are seeing, you know, more warm women on field reporters and, you know, the Giants have a, I think she's their first base coach or one of their coaches is a woman. Red Sox hired a, the first black woman in their system for one of their minor league teams, yeah. you know, so it's going, but of course, you know, I mean, and not even just that, like presidents, like the, again, the Marlins, Derek Jeter owner, but then the president of the team is a woman and now you're general. So the, the president's going to handle not, not the baseball operations, but like the marketing, the security, mm -hmm. the ballpark, they, they oversee that. And the general manager oversees the baseball stuff. Yeah. Both of them are women. I haven't the Astros had a woman president. So, you know, it's great, but it, you know, of course, we, all of us, not just women listeners, but men too, we're all one, we all already know how much more they had to do to get there. And, you know, of course, are not to men, not that they need it or you're asking for them, just being nice because I railed on you guys. Um, you know, it's great to have the support because it's not, it's in a lot of ways, it's, they're not, it's not possible without it sometimes in some workplaces or some areas of life. It is easier with that because right now we just aren't of that equal status. Right. But, I'm glad you brought up Julie Morales because you know, I I think. Go ahead. What's that? Before, no, go ahead. I was just gonna say I think for me because she is so good and her knowledge of the game is so great. I don't. I feel like I forget that she's a woman, but it's just like we should be at that point, I guess. You know, where it's like I just don't think about it because she's just. She. You need something. You need to be that good at your job. But she's good at her job. That's all I need to know. You know, are you gonna give me a good report on the game? Yes. Okay. Great. Yeah, she really, she truly is good at her job. Um, I do think that she's, she's done a great job with coming back from maternity leave and handling all of that. Um, during the home opener, they showed a picture of her holding her baby and the baby smiling and it was so cute. And then she made sure to say, shout out to this baby's father for taking care of this. Well, I know. Like that's, that's amazing too, that she's giving props to the dad, to, to Matt Clark, to make sure that, you know, he's, He's getting his recognition too. That's funny. They have to be like, good job, dad, for being a dad. <laughs> she did say that the baby had a blowout the first 10 minutes that they were there. So awesome. I hope that baby planned it because the baby's a girl too. Like, all right, yeah, blowout time. Sadly, we did not blow out the A's for the last two games. No, that's okay. We'll get them next time. We won't see them again for a while, I don't think. But yeah, this, and luckily we've, we already have the lead against them because it's not until like September. It's really odd. Sometimes the scheduling is nuts, but I guess the last thing I'll say in terms of baseball and women, what I really would love to see is a Julia Morales bobblehead. And I'm being silly, but also not because your bobbleheads are picked on like your stars, the ones who are, you know, popular moments in the season are awards, but the ones who are like your sellers are always an Altuve bobblehead in the season mm -hmm. for good reason. Yeah. I would love to see a Julia Morales one. I feel like that would be awesome. You know, she's half Hispanic, so put it in September, which is also great, you know. Um, she has Morales in her last name, and I just think it'd be a super cool nod to have. I would, I would be there. So, but it, what'd you say? Her husband is on the Mexican Olympic baseball team. Right. I, I just, like, if they did it as a special package, the ones you have to pay for, I would buy that ticket so fast. I think it'd be awesome to see. I've tweeted it, guys. Astros haven't responded. Um, but I, I would think it would just be super cool nod to see 
her as a, as a bobblehead, you know. Too. That would be super cute. We have a long way to go as women in baseball, but I think we are part of breaking those barriers by ha- having our own podcast. What do you think? Yeah, I think so. I think so like an area where we have confidence, right? <laughs> well, it's so funny because I'm probably do an episode about it, but how often we say something to each other and then like minutes later, it's either like said by one of the coaches or mm-hmm. one of the, you know, or it happens in the game, you know, like it, it's really validating, I think for us, like, because of course you're always going to question yourself well do I really know what I'm talking about and there are times I'm sure my opinion is wrong and people disagree but like when it, when there's that validation it's really cool or like at work when the guys do stop and talk to me and how often I say I was just talking to Nana about this in lips and they're like the hell is she talking I mean I've told them but like they don't listen that's just fine it's, I kind of like it better that way but uh, how often I'm like, I was just talking about this in the pod, <laughs> you know, like you were one episode late. I already discussed that. <laughs> I think we do have some good takes and it is very ensuring to, to know that we're on the same track as a team when we talk about these things. So I'm excited for where this is going and where we're going. Definitely we- keep your eye on the ball. You know, I think overall, you know, thematically kind of what we talked about this episode, but like not in, in terms of the things we broke down and you know there's there are goals and that's even at work that's what I try to remind myself you know and I think a lot of our listeners men and women mm-hmm. or gender non-binary you know whoever is listening okay Hessa, Andy, Stevie, <laughs> Lauren, <laughs> thank guys both Laurens I have two Laurens who listen um y'all y'all would agree you know that's it's about keeping your eye on the ball you know, in those moments of, do I put I'm sorry in the email or not, you know, and, and, and just focusing on, okay, I'm being quietly good, and it's getting that star status because of what the things I'm doing look like, they look like success, they look like a solid, solid, consistent work, and that's what we're seeing in the team as well, you know, keeping focus, what's the goal, it's the ring, that, you know, and amongst all the booings, amongst these injuries, amongst like, am I worried if I'm going to get this contract or not? I think we're really seeing the team keeping their eye on the ball. Yeah. We're going to do the same. Even if it's a slow and steady pace, it is a 162 game season this year. Unlike last year where every game mattered with the 60 game season, this is okay to lose two games, Aussie. It's okay. We're going to be fine. I, you're going to smoke right now, but I'm telling you. <laughs> I was so mad I just I think I was more mad at the eight game we lost to the Angels because we were winning like 6-0 or some crap we gave that game away so mad (laughs) we'll be mad about it what did I say you have to win the games you're supposed to win okay if you if you lose to the Dodgers that makes a little more sense the best team in baseball but you can't lose to the A's what they're like the worst team in baseball right now. Win the games you're supposed to win. It's not that hard. Guys, that's how you win the ring. Just follow that advice and you win the ring. Win the games you're supposed to win. Win, win all the games. <laughs> yeah, that's also an option. <laughs> win, although you generally see people who like have undefeated seasons, they don't end up winning. Right. Like Gonzaga, yeah. the Patriots that one season. Was the war the one season the Warriors lost nine games the whole yeah. season and they did and they were then they were up like three one, three zero yeah. in the in the finals and they wow. lost. So no, I want us to lose and I'm just gonna be mad about it until I get my second ring. Then I'm like, 
good job on losing when you were supposed to lose sometimes. Well, maybe your anger will give us some more content to talk about, but I'm sure it will. That's usually <laughs> it's probably a good place to end it for today. Okay. Uh, so, okay. So closing, uh, things were look, just real quick. Things we're looking forward to expecting next, the return of AJ Hinch. Mm -hmm. Just re recap, AJ Hintz was our old manager. And then when the scandal broke, despite the fact that he didn't like the cheating, he was fired mm -hmm. and he was suspended from baseball for one season. And immediately, I, we are talking 30 minutes after the 2020 season ended, he was hired, which tells you what baseball really thinks about the cheating. Mm -hmm. For as much as they cry about it, he's now the manager of the Tigers, great young team should be competitive in the next couple seasons they come in to town and i i i expect and hope to see a standing ovation for that guy i really I, hope. I can't imagine anything else for aj hinge yep. we'll also get our first peek at jake odorizzi he will be pitching on tuesday night so there's going to be some changes in the starting rotation christian javier was moved to the alternative site to maintain his five-day schedule so that when we do need that fifth starter again he can come back Luis Garcia will most likely go to the bullpen, which is totally fine. I think he's going to be a, a good man. Um, so we're hoping that we're hoping for longer starts from our starting pitchers and more offense. Yeah, and that, that's about it. And just still playing Astros baseball and enjoying the games. And hopefully we will also see more masks in the stands. And uh, I think that's about it for for today. Thanks to my home girl for helping us spark our idea for the episode. Shout out to my home, all our home girls out speaking to women. Shout out to all the home girls and the, the and the Kyle Tuckers that are silently playing really well. There you go. Yeah. All right. We'll see you later. See you later. See you later.